0: It's always a pleasure to have somebody else besides me uh, proclaim the gospel. So thank you as always, Father Bob. Uh, It's always great to serve with you. So the story goes that a teenage boy had just passed his driving test. And he asked his father when they could discuss the use of the car. And his father said he'd make a deal with his son. This semester, he said, you bring your grades up from a C to a B average. You study your Bible a little bit and get your hair cut, and then we'll talk about the car. And the boy thought about that for a moment, decided to settle for the offer, and they agreed on it. The semester end, his father said, Son, you have brought your grades up, and I've observed that you've been studying your Bible. I'm very pleased with this, but I'm disappointed you haven't cut your hair yet. And the boy said, You know, Dad, I've been thinking a lot about that, actually, and I've noticed in my studies of the Bible that Samson, he had long hair, John the Baptist also long hair, Moses had long hair, and there's even strong evidence that Jesus had long hair. So the father responded, and did you also notice that they all walked everywhere that they went? John the Baptist, one of those long-haired fellows, is the major character of today's gospel. And I want to centrally focus on this, the bizarre way he responds to the question that is posed to him. When the priests and the Levites from Jerusalem ask him, Who are you? He says, I am not the Christ. I believe this response is the key to joyfully receiving Jesus, for John. But for us, it's the key to a joyful Advent and Christmas. When people ask John who he is, he responds by saying who he is not. Why state his identity in this odd way? When people ask my name, for example, it would be odd, if not altogether rude, for me to say, well, I'm not Bishop Doherty, right? Right? What is he trying to say here? We must say it is consistent with the picture we have of John and the entirety of the New Testament. John's constant purpose is not to point to himself, but to prepare the way of the Lord. John's not interested in saying who he is, but rather who Christ is, adding that he, John, is not the Christ. John says this even clearer a little later in the gospel when he tells his disciples, Jesus must increase and I must decrease. John's purpose then is to become smaller, to take up less and less room so that there is more room for Jesus. Within this behavior, it's important for us, I believe to realize that John does not want to become smaller because he has low self-esteem or good old Midwestern false humility. John isn't trying to earn style points or get off Santa's naughty list and on the nice list. John does not dismiss himself nor his message. He considers his mission vitally important. And that is why he stands, crying out in the wilderness. But despite the importance of his calling, John chooses to be less so that Jesus can be more. Now, this attitude on the part of John, I believe, poses a question for us Would our lives become richer? Would we be more happy if, at times, we chose to be smaller? We chose to take up less room. You don't need to be married long before you figure out that in every relationship, there are certain hot-button issues, right? When they arise, it takes a great deal of effort to avoid a standoff. These issues can concern the use of money, the raising of children, or the way to deal with in-laws. John the Baptist suggests that when these hot-button issues emerge in any sort of relationship, we may choose to become smaller. To take a step back from what we demand or what we expect. Doing this does not mean that our position is wrong. Or the position of our spouse is incorrect. It simply means that by choosing to be less, there may be more room to live. Teaching a son or a daughter to use their talents to, to work harder at school, to study more. We do this because we love our children. We want them to be successful and to become all that they can be. Maybe we make negative comments on the ride home about music at Mass. Certain decisions made by the pastorate staff or the bishop. Or the horrors of changing procedures to adjust to new demands. But our efforts at times are ignored or lead to confrontation. So, John the Baptist wonders in these circumstances... What would happen if we chose to become smaller, to ease up on some of our expectations? We might do this not because what we are asking is misguided, but because if we took up less room, there might be room for an opportunity for some new thing to emerge in our world. Perhaps Jesus' grace might even arrive on the scene, if we're open to it, and can release our tight latch on what we think is right. The customs of this holiday season come to mind as well. They're important to all of us. We use gifts, food, and social gatherings to express who we are and who we love. We always do the same traditions every single year. John the Baptist suggests that perhaps we let go of our attachment to the good old days, whatever that means, and allow them to grow smaller. And when we do that, we choose to have less gifts, more openness, and less desire to confront when things aren't done my way. We may choose to do this, not because any of these things are wrong, but because if they took up less space, There might be room for us to reach out to those who struggle, those who have less than we do, those who do not believe belong to our family and friends. There might be room for Jesus' grace. John the Baptist comes to us in today's gospel, and he does not ask us to let go of our goals or what we think is important. But he does remind us sometimes we can take a step forward by taking a step back. There are times when we we can become more by choosing to be less. There are opportunities where we can find happiness by becoming a bit smaller. Now in a world that is constantly pushing for more and more and more John remains a voice crying in the wilderness, but the promise of his message also remains. For when we choose to become smaller, we, like John, can be making room for Jesus. After all, it's like what St. John Paul II said Quote, In the end, everything else will turn out to be unimportant and inessential, except for this Father, child, and love. Amen.